1: started today. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Let me read it out of the New International. It says how good and pleasant it is when God's people Live together in unity. We've been talking about moving forward in 2018. That's the series that we're in. Moving forward. How are we going to do this? Well, today's message title tells us. Today's message is entitled Together. That's how we're going to do it. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to move forward without you. And I hope you don't want to move forward without me. And Jesus don't want to move forward without any of us. He's already proven that. So how are we going to move forward? Together. God has always wanted to be with us. For us to be together. It's the reason he made us. That's the reason he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening in the garden, he wanted to be with his creation, and when we sinned and we messed everything up, and there was what happened? sin, it separated what God had brought together, what God wanted to be together, sin separated. But God already had a plan. How many knows God's already got a plan? For whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, whatever sin you're sitting in right now, God's got a plan to get you out. Look at your neighbor and say, Get with the plan. Get with the plan. God had a plan, and before He could send the ultimate solution, which we know to be Jesus, He was willing to get in a little box, send His Spirit to be in a box just so He could be with us in the meantime. I'm talking, we're talking about a God who wants to be together with His people, but then in just the right time, in just the right moment of history, God sent Jesus. Just like he had prophesied in Zechariah 2.10. Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. And even before that, back in Leviticus 26.12, he said, I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. In other words, we're going to be together. That has always been his plan. I know we look at ourselves and say, why does God want to be with me? But he does. He does. And there's no one in here that he doesn't want to be together with. Well, when Jesus came, you know, people, the heart of man is desperately wicked, that had this sin going on in our in, in mankind. And even the disciples were fighting against the fleshly instinct to hog Jesus for themselves. And you got certain churches today do the same thing. Well, if you don't go to our church, you can't have Jesus. You know, everybody's trying to, even today, people try to hog Jesus. They know everything about Jesus and nobody else does. But his disciples were like, even the disciples were like wanting to push the weaker away. They said, well, Jesus, that's the Gentile woman. You're not going to help her, are you? She's not a Jew like us. The disciples were trying to put people in categories. <laughs> but Jesus... He helped her. Oh, yes, he did. Say, oh, yes, he did. They said, shut up, blind Bart. You're just a beggar sitting on the side of the road. Jesus ain't got time for you. Say, oh, yes, he did. (laughs) Ain't nobody that Jesus don't want to be together with. He got together with the tax collectors in the center. Say, oh, yes, he did. He didn't care what people thought. He touched a leper. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. The Pharisees, they said, Who is that sinful? Why is he letting that sinful woman cry all over his feet, snorting down on his toes and stuff? Doesn't he know? What kind of woman that is? Oh, yes, he did. And he said she will be remembered forever because of this. There was nobody too low, too far gone that Jesus didn't want to be together with. They brought the little children to Can Can the master touch? And the disciples were indignant. Get these little kids out of here. We don't have time. Jesus is talking to the adults. This is adult service. What goes on back there is just kiddie stuff. Jesus said, you better get your theology straight. You better send the little kids unto me. For such is the kingdom of God. Oh, yes, he did. Say, oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. We're talking about a good God. How much do we really know about Jesus? If you think Jesus is excluding the Muslims because they ain't ain't thinking right right now, I don't think you, you, you're thinking about the right Jesus. Jesus is together, has no limits. There's a bigger revival going on in the Muslim community right now than most parts of America, I can guarantee you. It don't matter what you believed before. When you have an encounter with the living God, he will knock you off your high horse like he did Apostle Paul. You'll come to grips with reality real quick. Jesus is building a church where togetherness has no prejudice. That's the kind of church I want to belong to. Where togetherness has no prejudice. Jesus wants to be with us all. He wants to be together with us all. He wants us to be together. He don't want us sitting in cliques and... and, separating and dividing over this and that. In the beginning, he told us, it's not good for man to be alone. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He said it's not good for us to be alone. He explains through Solomon in Ecclesiastes 4.9. He says two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone, they in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Me and my wife call that snuggling. If you ain't married, don't try that one. But how can one be warm alone? Well, don't forget, you got Jesus. You ain't got to go make something happen. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Hallelujah. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You and me and Jesus, that makes three. Wherever two or three... Or gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. You and me and Jesus makes a cord that you can't hardly break. In fact, you can break it. That's the cord you can break. I was hoping Angie's going to be in here today, but she's got nursery. But uh, she was telling me about a girl at her work. Poor girl, don't go to church anywhere. Doesn't have a church home. I don't know if she's a Christian or calls herself a Christian. I don't know anything about her personally, but she just said that she got sick and she was in the hospital. And so Angie, having compassion, said I'm going to go see my friend in the hospital. She went to visit this lady in the hospital, and this lady been here a week and she ain't had not one visitor. Angie was the only one to visit her. And she says that's what that, we don't understand the loneliness. Of people who don't have a church home. They're out there on their own. Now I know some of you saying, well, I went to the hospital and nobody came to visit me, but did you tell anybody? <laughs> I see that all the time. Like I'm supposed to have ESP or something. Extraterrestrial powers or whatever. <laughs> I don't, you know, you gotta let somebody know. But see, the way it's supposed to work. We're broke up in groups. You should have men and women's team leaders that's looking out for each other. You know, I'm just one person. There's a whole church full of me's and you's and I's and we's that we can help one another. That's the way it's supposed to be. Nobody's supposed to be... Can you think about what... I mean, it's okay to be a lone wolf when everything's going good. In fact, let's show that video. Can y'all... Wesley, can you get those turn those four right-hand lights off over there, and somebody showed this video.
2: ...romance to the idea of the lone wolf. But this is how it actually plays out in nature. During the summer months, a wolf can survive on its own. But in the winter, the smaller animals it depends on for food go into hibernation, which means wolves are forced to hunt larger animals. A pack of wolves can take down this larger prey easily and survive. But a lone wolf will die. Hunger and love. If you look at your life, would you say you're part of a pack, or are you more of a lone wolf? Just like wolves, we may be fine when things are going well. But what happens when winter comes? What happens when we face difficulty? What happens when our lives are falling apart and there's no one around? This is one of the reasons God designed the church. He knew we would need each other and planned for it. We may be busy or unsure about where to find a community, or maybe we've even had bad experiences with church. And remember that no church is perfect. The important thing is to find one that follows the blueprint God created for it and has a significant effect on its surrounding community. Join that church and be a part of something bigger than yourself. You were never meant to face winter alone. This is the gospel. That's it. God believes in
1: the church. God believes in togetherness. And we need each other. Don't don't think you don't. You may have a moment in in your history where you got through by yourself and you say, look at me. But that's not the way to live your life. There's coming a day you're going to need somebody to weep with. You're going to need somebody, a shoulder to cry on. You're going to need somebody to help you through a difficult situation. And you're going to need the infusion of of strength that it gives you to help somebody else. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's a miserable life if you never get to exercise the gifts that God has called you to. But as human beings, just like those disciples, they were walking with Jesus, still making mistakes. We have a tendency to scatter. You remember when I first started this series, it was like the first week in January, and I talked about how we'd come off the holiday season and I felt scattered because of all the holidays and all the parties and everything and you get out of your normal routine and I just felt like my mind was scattered and I had no structure in my life well Jesus warns against that in Matthew 26 31 Jesus told his disciples he said tonight all of you will desert me for the scriptures say God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock." will be scattered. He says, but, Jesus is not willing to leave it scattered. He's never willing to leave your life scattered. But, after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee, and I will meet you there. You know, a slow fade is the exact opposite of moving forward like we're talking about. Moving forward requires something of you. You can't have a slow fade. I, t- I tell you about this all the time. I see people that used to come on Wednesdays and Sundays, and then they start dropping out on Wednesdays, and next thing you know, it's only a couple Sundays a month, and then you don't see them anymore at church. Then months or years later, they come dragging up to the back door You know, and it's all you can do to tell them they're worthy to come on in after all the devil has put them through. Don't get scattered. Jesus doesn't want us to be scattered. You know, as a church, he said they'll strike the shepherd and the flock will be scattered. As a church, we've lost three under shepherds before I became pastor. And each time there was a certain amount of people that scattered, they were gone. It was too much for them. But yet there are people in here right now who's been through all of those under shepherds and stuck it out and stayed together and now are reaping the benefits of all the, the blessings of this church. And keeping it going and seeing all the lives that are being changed. Over 400 and something salvations through the outreaches in this church like this year alone. This past year. 500 and something the year before. Lives being impacted. They stuck it out. Why? Well, Jesus said, I'm going to go ahead of you into Galilee. In other words, I know it's going to be a time in your life when you scatter. but I But just keep remembering. I'm going to be there waiting on you. And we'll bring it all back together. You see, Jesus, he's going to pull it back together. That's the hope. The disciples, were they only gathered up 120, you know, in the upper room that day. We can do better than that. We can do better than that. Because now Jesus is not just going ahead of us to Galilee. He's gone ahead of us to heaven. And he's preparing a place for us. So that where he is, we can be also. And so if that's our blessed assurance. We can know that He has it all under control. And there's coming a day when uh, all the suffering and the sorrow and the pain and the no more tears, and no more crying, no more sickness, no more disease. It's going to be a glorious day. If we can just hold on and hold it together. Look at your neighbor and say, hold it together now. Don't get scattered on me. Nobody wants to miss the rapture. Nobody wants to be one of those five virgins that didn't have oil in your lamp when the Lord came back. Come on, don't get scattered on me. We're going to move forward in 2018 together. I don't want to lose anybody. Jesus was not willing that any should be lost. When one, when one out of the flock of a hundred off, he left the 99 and went and got the one. And so if you know somebody supposed to be sitting in that chair right there with you today and they ain't here, when you leave, make it your personal responsibility to call them and tell them you missed them today and that you love them and encourage them to be steadfast. Set your face like Flint. Can't be moved. I've made up my mind I'm going to serve the Lord nothing can stop me. Mm, mm, mm. Where am I at? I just went all over the place. I'm at the Passion Church, okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Let's watch another video. I just like a video today.
3: Okay, switch channels.
4: Are you kidding? What makes you think you can come right in here and take over these five fingers? Individually, they are nothing. But when I curl them together into a single unit, they become a fighting force, terrible to behold. Which channel do you want? Why can't you guys get organized like that?
1: Well, that's all. Well, my question is, why can't you guys get organized like that? Why can't we be a terrible fighting force that the devil has to reckon with? When we come together, we are. But if we're out there individual, lone wolves, we're scattered. Not God's way. We're going to move forward how? Now togetherness and moving forward requires something. It's called involvement. If you just come and you sit on the sidelines... You have no ownership. It won't take long. If you have no ownership, you'll get scattered. Why do you think we have a a crew and guest services of 75 people or greeters? We don't need that many. We could have just the same three do it every week and they'd be happy and they'd they'd do a better job. They'd get used to it. They'd be professional greeters. But we're trying to find a position for everybody to serve. Everybody to get involved together. Amen? Take ownership of this thing. This, is... When people tell me I go to Pastor Guy's church, that makes me mad. It does. I hate that. This is not my church. This is our church. I like to hear people say I, that I go down to my church. It's never the pastor's church church. It's your church. We are the church. And in fact, when we give you a position here and we encourage, and and I'm going to be honest, there's some things that need to be done around here. My wife is back there filling in, in the nursery right now. We don't have enough workers. There's put me in coach thing back here. Okay. So there's things that we need done around here. We need involvement. We need everybody working together. And you're saying, and, and sometimes I think, well, is that all there is? Are we supposed to put a church together and all we do is just have services on Sundays and Wednesdays and prayer on Tuesdays and a few outreaches and, and just have enough positions for everybody to work once a month or something? No. That's just a start. This place is called a church. But you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, are the church. You are the church. And when you go into your jobs and you minister to somebody that's hurting, when you tell somebody about Jesus, when you give somebody a parking place that you could have had, everything that you do for the Lord, you are being the church. You are representative of the church of Jesus Christ. So just because you you work here in guest services or you work in the nursery or you work in the media department or something, or you're, you're cleaning. That's not the end of your responsibility. That's just the beginning. That's the entry point. And what we're trying to do here is bigger than just hold a service here and there. We are trying to, to create a people. We are going for something that Jesus called disciples. Not converts. But disciples, disciplined followers who are like their master, who do the work, the same works that I do, shall you do also. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We've got stuff to do. But in this church, I will say we are trying our best, and we're, we're having a big leadership conference coming up, and we're going to think of ways to create togetherness in this body where we can all be involved and moving forward. Nobody left behind. Nobody left behind. Our scripture for this year, I'm just throwing out things. I'm sorry. We'll probably be here till 3, so y'all settle in. But our scripture this year is Jeremiah
2: 3.15.
1: God said, I will give you shepherds after mine own heart. And somebody says, good, I need a shepherd. No, I'm talking about you going to be the shepherd. I'm talking about you going to take some people under your wing and shepherd somebody, whether it's your children or somebody. You're going to see yourself with a heart God will put in, and he will give you knowledge and wisdom to do it. When we all begin to see ourselves as shepherds of God's house, shepherds of God's people, that's the church God is looking for. Not some one guy up in front saying, you know, a funny message on Sunday and everybody going critiquing him when they get home and, and don't see, think about God again until next Sunday. That is the lamest excuse of church. I can, I can imagine that is driving Jesus crazy about the American church. Is that what you want? Then you're in the wrong place. Because we are determined to move forward together. Amen? Don't say it if you don't mean it. Uh, one of the things that just happened is we sent our youth to winter camp. And uh, yeah, and you helped them. You, you bought into their bake sales or whatever they had. You bought those Boston Butts and, and some of you just donated cash and you all did. We pulled together to send these knuckleheads to camp. Why? So that they can grow closer together with God and with each other. When you stick 13 youth in a 15 passenger van with all their luggage, they are growing close together. And so I thought I would let them share a few testimonies today. We're going to talk about some things going on in the church. Are y'all ready? Brother Bill, would you come forth? Bill took them and he was the one driving, got them there safely. So give him a round of applause.
0: Amen. God is good. God is good. Amen. If you hadn't tasted that, whoo, man, you're missing. So, yeah, so this weekend i just describe it like this. It was a divine appointment with Jesus this weekend. Mm. So first obstacle was uh, <clears throat> the weather, right? So I woke up and uh, saw the weather. And uh, but actually, before I get, let me, let me take a step back. Because it is about 2018 and moving forward. And one of our, our mission here for the youth, and I want to share this, It says to teach, encourage our youth to be rooted and grounded in a personal relationship with Jesus for themselves. Grounded in God's word, being an example to each other and all the people around them, pointing them to Jesus. Amen? So that's the mission. So, this camp, for all those parents that sowed and everybody that sowed seed, I'm just telling y'all, it was a blessing. And again, it was a divine appointment with Jesus this weekend. Um, again, we had the obstacles with the weather. I thank you for trusting me to drive your children. I know that was by faith, right? So anytime you get a guy who drives a Jeep all the time, driving a big bus, right? You never know what trail he may go. But we got divine wisdom because that morning, I actually, y'all may not know this, and you know, I hooked up with Zach, reached out to him that morning. I said, brother, just be in agreement with me that we're going to have favor with the parents. We're going to have wisdom on this trip coming there you know the first thing I you know this is my first trip and I was like okay if I was a parent and I see all this snow my kid ain't going I'm just being honest so again that's where but you know what I would just want to say thank you to each parent that stood out by faith and just trusted and even though we got together and prayed and I know we all walk away like oh my gosh you know but you know but God got us there we got wisdom we went the right route yes We had an extra hour drive time, and the kids were like, are we there yet? But we got blessed in that sardine can, but it was good. Um, There's a lot of things we saw on the trip, and, uh, you know, there were some accidents. There's a lot of things, but God was with us each each step of the way, not just going there but also coming back because, you know, just the timing of the trip, we came back there. The streets were totally clean, and then the kids also got blessed with when we came back, the snow the next day, and they got out of school the whole week. Amen? As a blessing. I know some of your parents are like, I want no blessing. But let me put things in perspective. So first of all, again, I shared our mission. Then I want to kind of give you highlights of each night, and then we're going to let the youth share what what took place and what God did for them. Amen? So yeah. So we arrived there Friday night. It was about 7.30ish, right? Um, And we got signed in, and they had the uh, uh, Fidel, which was a rap artist who came and and sung, and and, uh, it was awesome. But the thing I saw is, you know, we had, I was expecting all of our youth kind of stick together and all that stuff, but then all of a sudden they just, whew, all separate ways. You know, at first you're thinking, why are they going all their separate ways? But here's what I learned. You know, we had a different, we had some that were there for the first time, and we had some that's been there at least four, some of them have been there six times if you combine both the winter camps and the summer camps. And you know what, over those years, what I learned is they established godly relationships with their peers, with their, and I'm just telling you, it wasn't just, oh hey, you know, they stay in touch. I could tell they're they were excited to see each other. And how many you know? As they get older, those relationships are more important. As we get older, as a, in, you know, especially when we get to be adults, we can reach out to somebody. So again, I'm saying, you know, for over the years that we as we've been sowing seeds into in these youth, man, it's just we don't even know what 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 we've done and and what an awesome investment we did in the, in uh, investing in our youth. Um, so then it came Friday morning, or Saturday morning, and the whole theme of the camp is dedication, or dedicated. And it was talking about God's dedication to us, but also our dedication to Him. And we learned, you know, again, um, that, that evening, actually, um, Dean Sykes, I re- uh, you know, I recommend everybody look up this person. This is a man who is walking in the call of God, and I thank God for every man that stands up and walks in God's calling because you're making an impact. And this person, uh, Dean Sykes, he's actually got uh, sponsorships into the school system that allows him go to the school under uh, under a slogan, you matter. Does that kind of sound familiar? Funny how God turns things around for good, amen? You matter, but he's going there impacting, saving kids' lives and kind of, you know, keep it short. Um, 17 youth Saturday night got delivered and saved because they, and they had plans that week. That week they were going to commit suicide. 17, and it actually was roughly around 280, close to 300 youth that were at the camp. How bold was it that 17 stood up among their peers and said, that's me. And God, Dean, walked around and ministered each and every one of them. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm not going to give the name, but one of those was, our, was in our group. And God changed their lives. They're not the same. It might have been something where we, this week, we may not have saw that person. That's how awesome. Again, I said divine appointment with God is what took place. And Saturday night, again, Dean uh, Sykes was just incredible just because of the fact, you know, he's walking in his anointing of God. He knew his where he stood with God and what he was supposed to do. And it was just awesome. He just, and again, there's rejection. There's so many awesome things that he called out that just totally moved on every youth there. It was just amazing to see that. Um, so then we're now we're at Sunday morning. What's the Jim? Y'all help me out here, youth. Um, Jim. Yeah, I was going to call him Will. But Jim, he gave an awesome word. It was talking about, you know, being there dedicated to your friend, to your, uh, you know, to your friend in Christ. When are being there for them. If you see them stumble, pray for them you know, reach out to them. Amen. And then there was Sunday night, the Holy Ghost party. Amen. So, yes. Amen. They'll give you a little bit more of that in a minute. Um, but I know of at least there were six kids there that were born again that got to know Jesus Christ through that camp. Again, this is more of a camp that was set up just for, you know, the youth get fired up and everything. But there are also there's some unbelievers there. That was awesome. There's some Baptists there, you know, all the different church groups It's just awesome. So, I'll take a step back now. I'll get, give, uh, let some of our youth share. Who wants to share first?
5: Uh, before before like, I start talking about uh, what happened at camp, I want to talk, like, Pastor Guy was talking about the power of two, right? And some of y'all may have heard this story. There's, like, horses. I forgot, like, what type of horses they were. But they, uh, they pull, like, sleds and stuff. And, like, one horse by themselves can pull 7,000 pounds, but, like, two horses, you put two, two of those horses together, they pull, pull 15,000 pounds. Now, I mean, you can do math. That's If, if it was just two, it would be 14, but it's an extra thousand, right? And, but if you get a horse and you train them both together, right, all their lives, they can pull 25,000 pounds. So if we train together, we're raised up in the church, like, while we're coming together, we can pull more than what it may seem that we could. But the, uh, the thing that he addressed in camp was dedication. And that what dedication means like be completely sold out to one thing. You're pushing forward for one thing. And one of like, has anybody here seen like the movie The Game Plan? Like with The Rock? All right, you know the part where like his daughter eats some nuts and she's like getting allergic, whatever she he has to take her to the hospital, right? So there's no ambulance, the traffic's all backed up, he can't drive, the ambulance can't get to him. So the only thing he can do is run to the hospital with his daughter, right? Because why? He was dedicated to his daughter. Because since he was dedicated to him, it didn't matter what he had to do to get his daughter to the hospital. He was going to get his daughter to the hospital, right? And so, like, you can put that, like, in your Christianity. There may be things that try to distract you from going to an outreach, things that try to distract you from talking to people and telling people about Jesus. But if you realize the, like, responsibility we have and the importance of getting someone saved, we don't care, whatever, like, in that time, I bet when he's running to the hospital, he doesn't care about a party going on. He doesn't care about... Anyone talking bad about him, he doesn't care what someone has to say. Why? Because he knows the importance that if he doesn't get his daughter to the hospital, she's going to die. And so when we're telling someone about Jesus who doesn't know, they, if they do not hear about Jesus, they'll die and go to hell, right? And so when he's running, he, it may be funny, right, that when he's running, some people are like, why is this dude running to the hospital? It may look funny to some people. But if, if he realizes, I don't think he cares that somebody's laughing at him, because he's running on the side of a bridge or having to run to the, because if he doesn't, his daughter's going to die. So it may look funny if you're walking up to like a random person in like Walmart as telling them about Jesus, it may look funny, but if you realize the importance that if you do not tell them about Jesus, they will die, right? And uh, <clears throat> another thing like that I learned was that when you do it for yourself, a lot of times you may give up. So if you got a job interview that you're gonna go to, you ain't got a job, you need to pay your bills, but say you're tired now, if you're just doing it for yourself, you may quit and say, oh, well, I'm not going to the job interview, I'm too tired. But say if you got like three kids at home that if you don't go to that job interview, they ain't going to eat, then you, you're going to get up and be early for them, right? Because when you're not doing it for yourself, you can't give up. So every time you try to give up, you think about somebody else. And so uh, Eric Thomas, his wife, he's like a motivational speaker. His wife had a cancer. She was going through chemo and she... He, she didn't have to go to work and do everything else, but she chose every single day to get up and go to her job. And her husband was asking her, like, why do you have to do that? Because she wanted to be a model, because they had a daughter. And so her daughter saw her going through chemo, but every day she was getting up and going to work, not because she had to, right? Because if her daughter sees her going to work every day, then she, when she grows up, she can see that even though I'm being persecuted, even though like going through hard things, I can't give up. So if the mother, at that time, if she was just thinking about herself, and saying, "Well, I'm, I'm tired, I got, I'm doing chemo, I can't go. But she, she had on her mind, every time her body wanted to give up, she thought about her kid, knowing that she can't give up because her kid needs someone to look to. And it worked out, whenever she was 18, she wasn't like, not gonna go to college, she was making like, started failing and stuff, but she remembered her mom, and so she started like, making A's, and she ended up going to college because of her mom. So, uh, it, it eventually does work. And last like, thing that I wanna say, or analogy. There was, uh, it was a couple years ago, I think, and it was, like, Marines that were, like, in a compound and outwrapped. <clears throat> and there was, they were so, you know, like, it's how to set up, just a box and it does it, right? And they, so they garden it, because there's, like, 400 other Marines that are in there and other people that are in there. And there's a truck, like, a huge truck, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of, kind of like a small, small, but anyway. It starts, like, it's a terrorist, and he's going to drive into the compound and try to blow the Marines up. But there's, there's like, two Marines on the wall, and there's... Uh, police officer who's sitting like on the side like with them, that's a Israeli or whatever he is, Afghanistan, wherever whatever. Uh, and so the truck starts driving to him, and the two Marines, they like they see him, and so they sit there and they try to shoot him, but as soon as the police officer, he gets up, or as soon as he sees him, he gets up and tries to run away, right? But the Marines, they sat there and they killed him, but they ended up dying. So they stayed there and shot the terrorists, but they ended up sacrificing their lives, and they saved 400 other Marines. Why? Because if they would've been thinking about themselves and saying, I'm trying to save my life, right? They only would have had their telephone, as soon as they saw that truck, they would have took off, right? They would have ran the opposite direction like a police officer did. When they were sitting there, that was their job. They had other Americans. The reason they signed up was to save Americans. And so when they saw that, they knew and they had in their mind the reason they were doing it. He can't give up because somebody else is depending on
0: him. Amen. Amen. So we got a preaching gift in the house. Amen. So it's our youth. Who's next?
4: guess I'll go after that one um (laughs) I've had like testimonies before from camps and it's like oh like I'm completely changed like oh because I was so lost but now that I had that first experience and I'm living for God it's a little bit different so we go in you know me and Kaylee we've been really expecting and praying for this camp and man ooh, I love I love plugged in okay so we walk up in there and like I don't know. Like you always expect something, but like I guess, like me being a knucklehead, I was like, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna get something. Like be there and worship God." But like, am I really gonna get something? Because I've already been like completely like my life's been changed. You know, I'm not gonna have one of those life-changing testimonies. But God still shows you new things every day. It's it's a walk. It's a it's a path that you go to go down. It's like a walk with God. And so I was sitting there. And Jim, man, I love Jim. Jim. How do you say it? Jim. Okay, yeah. But um, he was preaching. Man, he can preach, like, the Bible. Like, seriously, he, like, can like interpret the Bible in ways that my head can't even understand. Like, I didn't, like, he can read something and get something, and then I read it, and I'm like, I don't know how he got that, but okay, that's cool. Okay, so, anyways, he said, he was speaking about forgiveness, and he was like, I've always thought forgiveness is, like, for other people. Like, if someone does you wrong, it's like, Forgive them so they don't feel bad. But man, once you look at forgiveness as it's also for you. It's for you to let go of things that is, like, hurting you. For, like, just things that you can't, like, let go of. Like, it's a struggle. And once you, like, (laughs) once you realize that, God is with you at all times, no matter what. And, like, seriously, I don't, I've never thought of forgiveness like this, but, like, things that just won't get out of your head and that you could just let go of it by just saying, God, like, you know, I, someone... <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> so I kind of post on Instagram that I'm a Christian, and people have been recognizing it lately. And someone DM'd me and was like, I don't know why they think I know the answers, but you know, it's cool. Okay, so they said, how do you let go of something? And I was like, man, I just got back from this weekend learning that. Like, man, I was like, he was like, how do you let go of something that's so hard? And like, when you're going through something, and I said, just forgiveness. I said, if someone did you wrong, it's not for them. If forgiveness is for them, but it's not always for them, forgive someone And it'll make you feel good. It'll free you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Woo. Amen. Just let that soak. Right? It's a part of our mission, right? For our youth, impact those around them. How much of an impact, man, social media, of course, you know, I was part of the generation that didn't know what what social, huh, what? Even though I got Instagram now, anyway. That's funny. But. Again, that's just a blessing to see that and be able to speak because, you know, there is a generation out there that doesn't know God and doesn't know God's goodness, and they're not going to get it from us old folks. <laughs> they're going to get it for these young folks. Amen? That's why we got to continue to sow the seed in their hearts. And I tell you, this next one is a blessing to me because this one made not realize, I remember the first time she hit this stage, I don't know if it's about five years ago here on this, singing a Brit Nicole song. And I saw something, I said, that, there's something, God's doing something, that young girl. And here she is today, leading praise and worship for us adults here in the church. Amen? Hello, gifts in the house.
3: I'm going to talk kind of on top of what she said about forgiveness. And uh, I'm bad about holding grudges. If someone does something to me, I'm like, I'm not forgiving them till they say something to me. And then um, I was holding a grudge on a certain person that's been messing with my family. And just on the way to camp, I was talking about it to Zoe and Angie about how, like, I was so angry, and I had, like, all this anger in my heart towards this certain person because I was like, she's ruining everything. I should have said she, but this person is ruining everything. She won't leave us alone. Like, what's it going to take? Like, I was was like, I just want to, like, punch her. Like, I was so mad. And then Dean came, and he talked about, like, I think there was, like, four different things. It was, like, the suicide, and then it was... Rejection and then one was forgiveness. And I was like, I'm not forgiven. Like, God kept messing with my head. He's like, raise your hand when he says forgiveness. I was like, no. I was like, I'm not forgiving her. I was like, she can change, then I'll forgive her. And I kept like arguing back. But you know, God always wins all his arguments. Like, you know, he's going to win no matter how much you argue. And I like raised my hand and then like, you don't realize how much it, like she said, it helps you. Like, it was such a weight lifted off my shoulder that I don't care. Oh, that sounds bad. Hold on. I'm not going to worry about what she's doing. I'm going to continue to pray for that person and pray that she, if she needs to be out of my family's life, then she will. But if she needs to stay with us so we can help her, then she'll stay in. And, like, it's not just for the other person. Like, I think it's more for you, really, than it is them because even if you forgive someone, they'll be like, they may walk away not caring at all. Okay, cool, they forgive me. I don't. That doesn't matter. But for you, it's like completely changing you. And so it's like you can just take a deep breath and like, I don't know, that's just what I got out of the forgiveness thing. And then uh, I got one more thing. We weren't expecting so much, and there were other denominations, so it was a little different because they weren't used to what we were used to. So we were kind of like, man, you know, like, not as many big things happened as we thought, you know, so we were kind of down about it, really. And um, we were all in the sanctuary playing all these games and stuff, and um, Pastor Bubba, he speaks at the camps, and he's friends with Zach. Zoe comes over, and she's like, come here, and she pulls, like, some of us teenage girls out of the games. We're like, what's up? And She's like, this girl wants to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's after service, like, two hours after service or something. It was, like, way after. And, you know, in my head, I'm kind of like, okay, like, really? Like, I don't know if this is even going to happen. And so I kind of, but then I was like, no. I was like, maybe this is what we came to get. And so we go, and she's about my age, maybe 15 or 16. And she's, like, sitting there. She's so funny. She's so country, too. And she's like, I just want it to happen. Why won't it happen? And so we get a group of us teenage girls, and we just start praying in the spirit over her. And then she's like, it still didn't happen. What's going on? And then Pastor bubble was like, you have to let it. She, she, He was like, it's not God not letting you speak in tongues. He was like, you have to let it out. And we kept praying and praying. And then she finally it clicked. Like you just felt it like our hands were on her stomach, you know, and you just felt it like go through your body like that she had finally got that. And so like we got so down because nothing happened right then and there, like during service. But like, That's what we went to do. Like God had that all plan. Like He said, God already has a plan. We sat there and got sad, and man, nothing happened. But then, like this one girl that needed it, and God wanted us to help her get to the point where she wanted to be. And like the look on her face when we got done praying was like something you can't like get out of your head because it's just like so amazing that you just saw like. God all over her and she was just like so excited and to be a part of that was like it was so cool to see that it was like our we took a part in that so that's what I got oh yeah Zach did this thing the other day on snapchat he'll send us all these videos and stuff and uh he had chocolate milk for his daughter and it was like still white you know you have to like whatever and so he was like He's like, I put this in there, and he was like, you can plant the seed, or he said something, I'm just like, yeah, you can plant the gifts in someone, but if you don't help stir it around and let God do his thing where he's all mixing up, it won't, like, chocolate milk isn't chocolate milk until you stir the syrup into it. Like, and he said, you have to keep going at it until it's where God wants it to be. And so that, Chandler wanted me to say that. It was really cool, though, like, to see that, like, that's a really good, like, analogy. Amen.
0: So, I think it's just funny that the devil tried to make it sound like there wasn't really nothing going on. Um, before, I just share my little bit, and we'll, I know we're going a little bit longer than expected. Josh, you got anything? All right. That's all right. I'm doing this for a reason. You got, you got anything? You got anything? You got anything? Yeah? Okay. Well, I do want to... So, I'll continue just to pray and you know, for them just with the boldness, right? and be able to share testimonies. But each youth got something. And, you know, when I told them, I said, you know what? You got something that the devil can't take away from you. And especially, like I said, it was just a blessing to me to know. It's like, really, what God showed me is like, whoa. When I got this, relay, some of them been there four to six times in these camps. They got so much um, rooted and grounded in God's Word. And, you know, dedication, what I challenged them with, too, with the youth, was, the, you know, in dedication, dedication's going to rise up when your parents aren't around. When you're moved out and whether it's your college or on your own living in your own apartment that's when dedication is going to show up and i know that i know that i know each youth here has got the root and you know and grounded in god's word that i know parents you can be confident they're going to continue to walk in god's will they're going to continue their steps are continuing to be order of the lord amen so the one thing that I, that I, that was I just want to share with you just was a testimony with me what I saw. You know, when we got in there Saturday morning, there's probably five youth that were praying before the service. But after that first service, there was over 30 plus praying expecting before each service for the remainder of that camp. And not only that, there is youth praying for youth, praying for one another. Like they were sharing that that was a, God, you know, again, it was a divine appointment with God that c- during camp. And they were used by God through the whole... Fri- or sa- well, Friday was just kind of the fun night, and then Saturday is when it really got started. Saturday, Sunday, and even that Monday, God was moving through each time. Um, and again, it was just a blessing to me to see that. Um, and also the youth uh, that were seniors standing up, praying in groups, praying for other uh, youth. It was just incredible. And it was a, just a blessing to me. And I just... Whew. Anyway, we can be here all week. Amen.
1: Exciting stuff, guys, and you were part of that. All of us were part of that. Together, we sent those youth. Um, also, I wanted to to get Miss Anita to come up, and just you know, we don't want to slight any anything going on in the church. We want to give everybody an opportunity. Yes. Oh, we didn't play the winter camp. Yeah, let's show that. Before we move from the youth, let's show that video that they made.
4: I'm Joey, and I'm Kaylee. <laughs> Did y'all miss us at Sower Camp? <laughs> Don't say
3: it <anything> like that. <laughs> some of y'all may not recognize us because we've grown so much this year, and we're so excited that you're here. We've been praying for this, and we're so ready. We help. you're we expecting just as much as we all. While we're here, we know you're going to take some cute pictures, so go ahead and
4: get the hashtag, plugged in winter. That's yeah, so daily audio call to help us keep Could you cool. live, babe? And after service, we have a session today. Tomorrow. Or whenever y'all get snacky. We'll see y'all tomorrow morning. What's us like act like, like, fall into each other. Yeah, like, it's oh. I, I think I got it. Yes, I think I got it. Why are you not do this? I'm such a talker. <laughs> like in front of people. Okay. Hey guys, I'm and I'm Kaylee. Did y'all miss us?
1: What that was is you know how kids are. But Zach, the guy that runs the camp, he asked out of three or four hundred kids that go to these camps, he asked Zoe, of course with Kaylee, to do the morning announcements, video announcements, and they made them the week before they got there. And they were shown on the big screen at these services with these hundreds of kids every morning. So we've got the best youth out of all of them. If you were here early this morning, you also saw a video vlog that that she put together, Zoe McCall put together, of the, the trip there and the trip home and everything. We'll probably keep showing that a couple of Sundays or something. If you, you can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Zoe McCall. Uh, Anita, come up here and tell us what's going on in the children's church. Y'all excited about that? They're not just being babysat back there, I can assure you.
6: Well, um, I, I, Pastor had asked me earlier in the week to put uh, three minutes together to share about things, exciting things that are happening in the back. And so this morning, I, of course, being who I am, and those who know me will understand, that I have to type everything up. So I go to pastor this morning and I said, oh, here's my notes for this morning. And it's only four pages. And he looked at me and he said, you know you only have three minutes. So, but after, after he preached... And I've started underlining words in my notes that coincide with his preaching this morning, and we have not talked all week. I, I know it's God. I, I mean, I, not that I don't know it's already God, but even more so, I, I, know, I know that I know that I know. Um, and seeing all these kids that I've so seed into. These, are, these came from our kingdom kids. They came from kingdom kids. And I'm just so thankful and so grateful that I was able to be a part of what God is doing in them because I love them. I mean, they're my kids. And you know what? When they're 20-something years old, they'll still be my kids, like my kids. And I'll still call them my kids because they're my kids. So, anyway, I'm running, I'm using my time up. Let me clear my eyes so I can see. Because I can't see when I'm talking. Oh, and Bill, I got to say this. But God, but God, but God, that's all I can say. And anybody that's been here throughout the years, like Pastor Guy said, uh, from the beginning, But, God, y'all just don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm just, I'm thankful to be here. Um, So, exciting things that are going on. Now that I'm through crying, let me get my excitement on. (laughs) So, um, it's easier for me. To, to have it in front of me. I am um, over the, um, the children's church, the toddler room, and the nursery area in the back, which is considered the young life area. And uh, I, we're just continually, it's, it's a constant process of building a team, building a team, bringing people in, bringing people in. Um, and I'm continually working to build the teams in the back to prepare for growth because I know that I know that we're going to grow. I know God's given it. I believe it, and I'm expecting it, and and I'm doing my job to prepare for what's going to happen back there. Um, at this time, I have uh, one coordinator on staff who is Heather, and she's in the back this morning. I have 21 teachers and assistants that are that are in on my team. To be fully to have a full team in the back, I would need three coordinators and 36 teachers and assistants. So if you work in that area, thank you. If you don't work in that area and you want to work in that area, come see me because we need you. I'm just just saying. Uh, my, my main goal, the, the top priority of my goals has always been and it always will be. And I teach this to my team. I, I, I talked to Pastor and Angie about it. Uh, relationship. How many times this morning did you say relationship? That's always been my heart. God put that in my heart many, many, many years ago. You know what? I'm not here to lead. I'm here to build a relationship with my team and to make disciples of my team, bring them up alongside of me and us walk through this life together, doing what God has called us to do. That's that's always been and always will be my main priority, my main goal. Um, I took care of that whole paragraph. As a team, I was underlining words, and there's 12, 12 times in here that I've used the same words that Pastor Guy preached this morning. As a team, as, as I bring people in and build relationships and make disciples, um, we move forward together, and we grow together in the Lord, and accomplish the plan God has placed in the hearts for Passion Church and the Kingdom of God. I gotta keep keep to it. Uh, kingdom kids, we have our main goals. Uh, camp being number one, which our our Kingdom kids will go to the same camp that that they go to, and you know what? God's working that amazingly. So. I'm excited. Actually, uh, Angie and I will meet this week to start the planning for camp. Uh, Continue to minister to and build relationships with my team members and grow my team. Uh, I now have three husband and wife teams that are teaching in Kingdom Kids. God gave me that vision many, many, many years ago, and I've patiently waited for, for for the right time and for the right people, and you know what? God's doing it. Uh, he's doing it uh, continue to seek God for the right person to place as a coordinator for kingdom kids um, have a plan to split our Sunday morning service which is coming we we split our our nursery now we're working on once we have a consistent number we'll split the kingdom kids class um, continue to, s- to use our scheduled kingdom kids activities as an outreach tool for our, for more growth in our church our last sleepover we had 26 children come and spend the night at the church with us and it was the best one we'd ever had it was the most children we ever had and it was the best one we ever had and then we have our our that was kingdom kids now we have our king our toddler classroom which uh, Heather Shepherd is over uh, continue to minister and build relationships and grow together Um. To have the toddlers attend the nursing home outreaches for different holidays to minister to the elderly, and they did that at Christmas, and everybody talked about what a great time it was, how much the children ministered to the elderly people. Uh, To create a store in the toddler class, uh, like the one we have in our kingdom class, to Uh, to use as a tool for teaching the children about tithing, learning scriptures, and how to use their Bibles. And they're already teaching them about tithing, and and Heather is really excited that the children are learning about giving. Uh, Then we moved on to the nursery goals. Uh, Major goals, continue to build relationships and and make disciples and add people to our, our team and grow our team. Continue to see God for the right person to take over that area so that we'll have the right person in that place. Uh, We purchased new curriculum back before October, I guess, and we'll start using that this month in the nursery. Uh, Heather is now in the process of updating the nursery, and uh, Daniel Piercy is gonna be helping her with that, so look for the nursery to be updated before too long. That's it. I went over my time.
1: <laughs> well, it had been my intention to, to get to several different departments today, but, but I think uh, with time running out here, we'll, uh, we'll put some off till next week. We'll do. We'll talk about some more departments next Sunday as part of next Sunday's message. Is that all right with everybody? I mean, they're not going anywhere. They're still going to be here. So let me just close with this. Pastor Vickers, our senior pastor of all the Passion Churches, uh, sent a blog out or something, however you call it, to, to the leaders the other day saying that, you know, Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew. He said, our Father which art in heaven, He showed us how to pray. But he demonstrated how he prayed in John chapter 17. When you look at that chapter, the whole chapter is a prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father. And throughout that prayer, what was Jesus' main theme? It was about unity. It was about coming together like we're talking. In John 17, 11, he says, He says, now I'm departing from the world. And they're staying in this world. But I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name. Isn't that what we sang about this morning? How beautiful is his name? How powerful is his name? Protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Do you know how united Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are? The Holy Trinity, we know that they're one. They're so united, we don't even know how to explain the Holy Trinity. And that's how we need to be. People need to say, what? I don't even know how to talk about that Passion Church. They They are doing life together. And they are so united with Jesus. In verse 21, he says, I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. So he wants us to be the same in verse 23, he says, I in them and you and me, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them just as much as you love me. I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about that, but God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And he says, Father, in verse 24, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Remember, he goes before us into Galilee. He goes before us into heaven. He wants us to be with him where he is. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you loved me before the world even began. He wants to share his glory. He wants you to see him. And in the meantime, guess what? He sent his spirit into our hearts. He is in us. And we are in him. Right here on this side of heaven. We are all united in one. We, we see through a glass darkly. We don't understand it all. We can't explain it all. One day we will be able to understand. But today, all we have to know is we can't be scattered. We have to get involved. We have to stay involved. We have to stay hooked up and focused on togetherness. As we move forward in 2018, Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2.1, if there be any encouragement from belonging to Christ... Any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit. Are you heart are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. <laughs>